0: Wow, I just enjoy it so much. It's just really a wonderful day. And uh, we thank you once again for being here and enjoying uh, our time this morning. Well, as I started pondering Easter, obviously there's one major message, and that is He is risen. <laughs> and that's what you've got to preach on and get to preach on and talk about on a, on a morning like this. I, I know that Jesus came to give us life. The Bible talks about life abundant. In abundance, full, living full, what does that mean? Have you ever met someone that they were alive? they were breathing, they maybe even were healthy, but they just had no passion, no emotion, no it seemed like a dead person in a live body god doesn 't want us to live like that. God wants us to understand that we are wired for purpose and meaning, and that 's what easter that 's what resurrection is all about when I was uh driving in, even even last night, and then again this morning, and the sun was coming up, and you're seeing the green grass. How many of you are enjoying, enjoying that? And the trees are budding out. <laughs> How many of you, it makes you nervous because snow is not done yet. Okay, I get that. Well, you see all these changes, and it's exactly perfect for Easter because Easter changes everything. It's a game changer. Jesus walking on the earth, dying on the cross is one thing, but coming back from the dead, absolutely released the God factor that allows him to call our bodies, our hearts, our minds, his abiding place, his home. And I, I want to talk a little bit today about this lady by the name of Mary. Her name in the Bible, she's usually referred to as Mary Magdalene because she's from a, a, a little area called Magnala. And so Mary Magdalene, Mary who was from Magnala, And she's a big part of the story. She's a fairly simple woman. She had a complex life. Most scholars believe she was wealthy. She funded some of the disciples' uh, doings. Uh, She hosted them in her home. There are many times that she's mentioned in the Bible. And guess what? She is the first person in the Bible, when she goes to the tomb, she's the first person to see that it's empty. Jesus first reveals himself to Mary Magdalene. Earlier in her life, she had seven demons that had possessed her, and Jesus drove those demons out of her body. She lived grateful from from that day forward. Listen, spiritual powers are real, but greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We don't have to live in that fear. And Mary Magdalene was a great example of someone who trusted God. Wouldn't you trust him if he delivered you? From that possession. So, so we, we see this story kind of unfold. I want to just read to you this story in Easter in John chapter 20. If you have a Bible, you can open it there and just follow along. We're just going to read a few verses as we go through. But this is really a fun part of the story that I've mentioned before, but I really enjoy it. Early uh, Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple. Who was that? John. Okay, you guys, John is writing this book. He always refers to himself in his gospel as the disciple whom Jesus loved. So follow along with that knowledge. Um, Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and I don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple ran to the tomb to see. There's the funny line. The other disciple did outrun Peter. (laughs) John wants you to know he is fast, okay? He is fast. He, He outruns Peter and he got there first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen cloth lying there. And here's the takeaway line. I want you to think about this line. But he didn't go in. I don't know if fear paralyzed him in that moment, um, but he didn't go in. Mary hadn't gone in. He hadn't gone in. Guess who's going to go in? (laughs) Of course. Then Simon Peter arrived. I can see him blowing right by John. And he went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying to the side then the other disciple John also went in and he saw and he believed for until then they hadn't realized that the scriptures said he would rise from the dead and then they went home the next verse in just a moment I'm gonna read it is gonna talk about Mary Magdalene and her side of this story it's fascinating to me that John comes to the tomb doesn't go in Mary sees that it's empty Goes and gets Peter and John. Peter just blows right on in. I just want you to think about your willingness. The first point in your outline if you're writing notes down is this. Are you standing outside the tomb? I believe there are thousands of people in our world today, even millions, who have heard the claims of Christ. They know about Easter. They've heard about the resurrection. They run right up to the tomb to look, but they don't go in. Because to go in requires that one step of faith that says, wow, is this potentially true? And I think living outside of the tomb is sort of what I started thinking about in terms of this Easter season. How many people, how many of maybe you today are living outside the tomb? You're just afraid to press in. You're afraid to give it all to God. And I want to try to remove that fear. There are three things that that I think life outside the tomb, I think three things happen. Number one, it's disappointing. It's really disappointing because Mary gets there and she can't believe it. She knows this is where they put the body of Jesus. And she gets there and she sees the stones rolled away. Disappointment uh, floods her. I don't know if you've ever been disappointed, but it's a horrible feeling. I've been disappointed in God before until maybe a few years later when it started to make sense why certain things happened in my life. There's been things that have happened in my life I still don't understand and I won't until I'm in heaven with the Lord. But I know this, I have a God who loves me and wants me to press through. Wants me to go inside and trust Him. Life outside the tomb can be disappointed. Number two, it can be confusing. You can't really understand it. What has happened? What's going on? Without that little element of faith resurrection day doesn't mean a lot to people as a matter of fact they can almost get jaded about it because it's a little confusing if you don't really believe jesus came back from the dead then what does this story what can this story even mean to you and number three it can be really frustrating because you can't fix it and and that's that's the toughest one because i'm a fixer you know and, and sometimes in our lives, we're in situations. Have you ever been headed somewhere you needed to be on time or whatever, and you got stuck in traffic, and it was beyond your control, and there was nothing you could do? It's a terrible, terrible feeling. I had a, we had a really fun time in college. When I was in Bible college in Springfield, Missouri, we had this, this dorm that had a hallway about this size, about like the center aisle, and there was a rolled-out carpet the whole length of the hall. And there were rooms on each side. So the door to our room was right here going in the room. The door across the hall would go into this room. So our buddies were across the hall from us so we decided to play a trick on them. So we went and bought some long speaker wire for their stereo. We hooked up the speaker wire from our stereo in our room on this side of the hall. And we ran it under that rug and around the corner and we hooked it to their speakers in their room so we could control what we played and the volume level so about two o'clock in the morning we fired that baby up and cranked it and I mean you heard them busting out of bed and they're going over to their stereo turning knobs and nothing's happening they don't know where the music's coming from the dorm supervisor comes up and turn the music down we're trying we can't find the button then they heard us laughing and we got in trouble but (laughs) <laughs> it's so frustrating when you can't fix it. Here's the problem with that story. It's, it's typical of our lives. When you get all the noise, but someone else has the controls. See, life throws us that scenario constantly. And you don't have the control box, but you get all the noise. And you take the heat. And I would just like to challenge you today to recognize that Easter is about you saying to God here's the control box wire me up I trust you yours is the voice I want to hear you put it where you want to put it and I will listen I I love that idea and that concept the second question I want you to consider with me is this are you willing to look inside are you willing to go just a little step farther and, and I know mo- the majority of people at a church like this on Easter weekend love God, are connected to God, have heart for God. But I want to challenge some of you who maybe aren't sure yet. Are you willing to consider looking inside the tomb? I think many people are judgmental about Christianity. I've met people who are big criti- uh, critics. And it's easy to get jaded and sarcastic because you know a few hypocrites or whatever. But I just want to tell you something. If you will get your eyes onto the real Jesus and see that the tomb is empty and understand what Jesus came to do, it will change your perspective. But you've got to be willing to do that. It says in verse 11b, She stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels sitting at the head and foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they have put him. Looking into the tomb will do, I've just put three things. It'll it'll do more than that, but let me just give you three. It will allow you to see things you haven't seen before. If you would be bold enough to really inquire of God and who he is and what he came to do, and get on your own personal search of the truth about who God is, I'm, I'm promising you, your eyes will be open to some things that you don't currently know. Suddenly, she sees these angels before her. And the second part of this is it will allow you to ask questions that you haven't been able to ask before. She's able to say, where have you put the body? He's gone. Where did he go? She's able to have a communication. And in a symbolic way, when we get our head in the tomb, if I can say it like that, and we're willing to ask the questions, it gives the Holy Spirit an opportunity to speak to our hearts. See, God does talk to us. And maybe it's not audible like it was with these angels talking to Mary. But God really wants to communicate with you. And He's not afraid of your questions. As a matter of fact, I would propose bring your hardest questions to God. He's not intimidated by them because He's God. And the third thing is it will allow you to come to the end of your own knowledge. See, one of the things that seeking out the truth does, it allows you to say, I've learned about everything I can learn. And then there's a step of faith that's going to be required for you to step inside the tomb and say, it really is empty. That requires faith. It really does. You can't come to God without faith. And that's that little step that's hard for some people to do. But God is God. And we come to the end of what we know and we trust Him. How many of you know His name is God and your name isn't? Yeah, he's all-knowing. We are not. The third thing that I've put in your outline is this: Are you willing to listen? What does it mean to be a really good listener in our lives? I, uh, I don't know. I, my wife. I, I'm an early riser, and I like to get up and get some coffee and do my time with God, and then I used to get the paper and and I'll sit downstairs in the living room, and Bonnie will join me with coffee, and if she starts talking and having a discussion, how many of you know that it's a good idea if I put the paper down? (laughs) Let me give you a hint, guys. Put the paper down, okay? Um, Have you ever seen a child grab a hold of their dad's or mom's face and turn it toward them? Like, look at me, I'm talking. What, What does it mean to have that ability with God? And, and, and I'm, I'm sort of, in a position where I'm saying I want to hear this voice this story this is one of my favorite parts of the story okay Mary doesn't know who Jesus is she thinks he's a gardener and this really is interesting in verse 14 it says she glanced over her shoulder she saw someone standing behind her you know that shadow feeling and she's looking back it was Jesus but she didn't recognize him remember she's crying why are you crying Jesus asked her who are you looking for what a great question that is that could, be, that could be a lead statement for, for me to you today. Who is it that you're looking for? She thought he was the gardener. And she said, Sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. How many of you know at that moment, I believe at that moment, she recognized his voice. It was like goosebumps, lights on, she's in awe. When he said her name, she turned toward him and exclaimed, Teacher, Messiah, Lord, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go, find my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Wow, what a, what a story. How powerful is that? She laid eyes on Jesus, and it was in the moment that he spoke her name. I just want to say today, he knows your name. He calls your name. You say, God doesn't know me. Oh, yes, he does. He knows everything about you, he loves you. He loves you more than you have the capacity to love anyone because he's God. Well, you don't know what I've done. No, I don't. You don't know what I deserve. Listen, I'm so glad I haven't gotten what I deserved, aren't you? That's the story of Easter is Jesus took your place. And he got what you deserved so that you wouldn't have to get it. It's powerful. Listening to Christ will do three things just to wrap this up. Number one, it will allow God to speak to you. When you listen, when you hone your skill to say God speak to me I want to hear what you're saying he will talk to you have you guys seen the TV show called The Voice I've watched a couple episodes and it's the judges do not see the person who is singing their backs are toward them and they have to pick them based on the voice alone and I just found that interesting because it's not by how they look uh, what they're wearing it's just by their voice and I think sometimes God wants us to trust Him even though we can't see Him. We don't know everything about Him. But if we can learn to hear His voice, if we can learn to recognize that He's calling our name, it makes a difference in our lives. And then number two, it will give you a personal experience with God. You know, when Jesus said, Mary, that's personal. And, and I'd like to just say it, you can't ride on the coattails of Grandma and Grandpa in your faith. It's not about what your mom believes or your dad believes or your brother or sister believes or what your aunt or uncle believes. It's about where you are with God. Do you have a relationship with the risen Lord? It's a great question. It's worth considering because eternity depends on it. Then finally, thirdly, it will release you to share your faith with others. You know, Mary was excited. She said, I have seen the Lord And for some of us today who believe and proclaim, now we are released to say, this impacted my life. It changed me forever. I want that for you. She went from searching when she arrived at the tomb, to crying, that's mentioned a couple of times, to asking some questions, to seeing, to believing, to testifying. Can I just say that's the story of all of us in a way? Because we're all on a journey. Some of you aren't sure about the God thing. I get that. Many people have been there. Many of you have walked with God for 50 plus years or more. You're a seasoned follower. You've been through the storms. But at Timberline, we respect your journey. And God wants to meet you where you are on the road, wherever that is, with his love, his grace, his mercy, and his care. Take him up on it. That's why he is risen from the dead. What is your personal story with God? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for moments like this where we can attempt to hear your voice. God, help us to crawl into that tomb today to see what's there. Lord, I pray you'll put faith in people's hearts to trust you in areas of their life they've never trusted you before. Help us to press through with heads bowed. This is very personal and I'm not gonna embarrass anyone or ask you to come up here but I really respect this moment and I'm gonna ask you to do the same. There may be people in these rooms today that don't know Christ. Maybe you know of Him but He's calling your name today. He wants you to come in the tomb and see He wants you to feel. He wants you to share. It's like Thomas said, man, until I see the nail prints in his hands and put my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe it. You need that moment maybe. But if he's calling your name today, I want to simply pray with you a prayer that says, I trust you, God, for the forgiveness of my sin because that's why he died on a cross and rose from the dead. It's truly for you. If you know there's sin in your life that hinders you from trusting God, And knowing God, that's what this prayer is about. Would you just slip up your hand, not to me, but to God right now to say, I'm going to say this prayer with you because I have faith to believe God can forgive me of my sin. Lift it right now, please. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? God bless you. Okay. Thank you, guys. You may put them down. Just repeat this under your breath. Lord, I come in faith. I step into the tomb and I realize it's empty. I believe today you rose from the dead, that you have the power to forgive sins. And I ask for that forgiveness in faith now. I trust you with my future. I accept it by faith. And I will journey with you from this day forward. I give you my life. Secondly, I want to pray for those of you that love God, you're connected to God, you know Him personally, you're living forgiven, but there's a big burden. Maybe you're weeping as you approach the tomb. Mary was worried, she was anxious, she was concerned. Listen, this life, this economy, these challenges, there's a lot of worry out there, there's a lot of fear, there's a... So many things that take us out. And I just want you to to put those burdens today into the hands of a God who loves you. Would you do that? If you know that's you, would you just lift a hand now to God and say, that's me, that's where I'm at. I lay this burden down. Lord, thank you for these. Brothers and sisters, men and women, young people, who would just lift a hand to say, I trust you, God. I lay down this burden in life. I will do my part, you do yours. I trust you to have the control box of my life. I want you to play the music that you want me to listen to. I surrender to you fully for the glory of God. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. What a joy, you guys, to celebrate Easter with you. I'm proud of you. I love you. I thank God for you. Let's enjoy the rest of our time. We're going to receive an offering at this time. And this is for uh, those of you who call Timberline your home church. If you're a guest, we don't expect you to give in this offering. Just be our guest. This would be the time to drop that connection card in. And we thank you for that. But the rest of you, thanks for believing in the mission of Timberline and giving through Timberline Uh, be faithful to God in your finances. God bless you in that. Now, I need to just set this up because this song you're about to hear, Brent Collins, uh, just an amazing concert pianist and loves God with all of his heart. He's gonna play a song that typically, um, historically, people would rise when you hear the song. But because we're taking an offering, would you wait until the plate has gone by your row and then you can feel free to stand if you like, okay? God bless you. Enjoy this. You appreciate that, Brent? Wow. Thank you. Wow! Wow! My hands are tired. I mean, that is amazing. It took me a long time to teach him that. <laughs> Not really, you guys. He is risen. Let's let him know we love him one more time. We love you, Lord. Thank God. We love you. Our prayer team, our prayer team is coming up right now. They're going to be here. If you want someone to pray with you about any need in your life, if you've prayed to accept Christ personally today, we have a packet we'd love to put into your hand and pray with you. Otherwise, there's tables out in the mall, places to sign up. Lord, thank you for being alive. And thank you for letting us live life on full. We trust you with our future for the glory of God. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for coming to Timberline.